You're listening to Sound the Foghorn, the Minnesota Wild podcast made by fans for fans. For Kaprizov, back to Zuccarello, back to Kaprizov, he scores! Covering team news, prospect analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, advanced stats, and much more. Back to Kaprizov, he scores! And now, here are your hosts, Brett Marshall, Zeke Boyat, and Justin Baki. Hello and welcome in to another episode of Sound the Foghorn, Wednesday, October 5th at the time of the recording here. Brett Marshall, Zeke Boyat, and Justin Baki back with you by the time many of you are listening to this. We will be one week away from the Minnesota Wild season and home opener against the New York Rangers. A pretty crazy thought. Hockey is back, folks. Great time of the year. The Twins are done. Luis Arias won the batting title, so we can chuck that out the window. Vikings are still playing. If you're a fan, that's great. Um, and I don't care when basketball starts. But anyway, got to check in with the fellas. Been a couple weeks since we did our uh, our preseason kickoff show. So, Justin, how things been going since then? Uh, going well. Just uh, busy dad life. Uh, hockey season is kind of in limbo right now. It starts in about a month for my kids. However, college hockey has started. Got to <clears throat> catch some UMD. And uh, this past weekend, watched a little bit of the golfers just for Faber. Not a golfers fan, but... Big Faber fan. Uh, he looked excellent. Um, my son's birthday is in two days, my youngest. So uh, just kind of going with the flow lately. Exciting time. Zeke, what about you? Yeah, no, not much. Uh, really have no uh, lately aside from just, you know, occasionally watching the preseason games on. Just, uh, you know, just been uh, getting, you know, obviously very pumped for the season. It's, uh, like I said, only a week away. So I just kind of wanted to be here so we can you know just really dive into all that which would be a blast yeah it's it's crazy to think how, how fast the seasons come along um sure. and how how quickly we've been able to you know just power through this offseason there was kind of that dead zone there for a month where it felt like it was dragging out and then all of a sudden camp started and now we're, we're a week away so uh on our last episode we kind of talked about a lot of things in the preseason um, that we are watching for tonight. We'll revisit some of those things, talk about our takeaways. We'll talk about the prospects. We will revisit our last year's bold predictions, see how we did on those. Better than I think we probably thought. Um, yeah. We'll revisit those. We'll make some new ones for this year. Um, talk about some expectations for a few players based on preseason, based on uh, camp chatter, all that good stuff. Um, and then that'll pretty much take us into uh, next week. Unsure yet if we'll record um, before that opening night or if we maybe wait you know, to see those first couple games because I don't know if a whole lot will change um, probably from now until then. But we will see. But uh, as we always do, let's begin with the prospect update. A lot of the non-AHL prospects back in action now. CHL, I believe, starting up already in some leagues. So, mm-hmm. Justin, I'm sure you got a, a long list of stuff for us, so we'll kick it over to you. Yeah, so uh, this will take up a few minutes, but uh, we'll start off with the best news of the day. Pavel Novak is cancer-free. Fuck yeah. 
so good, but that is such good news yeah unbelievable news and couldn't have happened to a better guy i mean through the whole process he was positive i mean mm -hmm. talk about a guy who appreciates the fans I mean, he's always responding on instagram dms mm -hmm. always positive thankful no one needs you to root for and excited to to watch his recovery back and hoping um that he can get back on the ice because no one deserves it more and man but just incredible news today um announced on his instagram that he's beaten cancer absolutely yeah as someone who's beat cancer as well it's it's an amazing feeling and uh you know he's one of the guys that's given us an interview on the young guns page so i mean such a great kid uh, happy for him and his family and and now he can hopefully get back to hockey soon which you know health was always first but love to see him do what he loves to do yeah. too <laughs> step one complete the biggest step yeah. for sure okay. uh, and then we'll go uh <clears throat> kind of go into the khl it's been a little bit of frustrating year of danila year of He's been relegated to basically an extra forward every game that I've seen. Um, he was in the MHL for a game, got an assist, and then last game he was back in the KHL, got 21 seconds of time on ice. I, I just I don't understand Bizarre. after how good he looked in the couple games I watched him when he was on the third line. It just it doesn't make sense, but the KHL doesn't make sense. <laughs> True that. Um, speaking of that, uh, Marat Husnadinov, he was a second line center. Now he's been on the fourth line, got stripped of his alternate captain. Uh, who knows what's going on there? Um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely something to watch because if it was just a line demotion, you know, like it's whatever, right. it's a KHL, but to couple that with losing the assistant captaincy, like that definitely is a little bit concerning. Don't think it was related to play because he's been playing well. I think he like yeah. played like nine minutes of ice time today and had like two assists. Yeah. Just so exactly. bizarre. Like you said, the KHL doesn't make any sense. Right now it's frustrating, but hopefully we can get these guys over here once their current contracts are over. Um, they're probably getting pressured to sign again, but uh, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Or maybe not find out what's going on. So, um, As I mentioned in our intro, college hockey season has begun. Um, I'll start with Brock Faber <clears throat> with the NCAA um, his team swept Lindenwood this past weekend. He had a three-point night on Saturday, one goal, two assists. Looked amazing. Um, we all know he's good, but maybe uh, this is the start of his offensive outburst that people thought he could have. So, you know, we all know what he can do defensively, and if you can add a little bit of offense to that, that's that's just cherry on top. Yeah, and it sounded too, Bob Motzko, I believe, had a quote. Dylan Lukes had this on Twitter today about, they're wanting to bring down Faber's ice time a little bit and I think play him a little bit more strategically, maybe try to get him a little more involved in the offense, potentially on the power play, that kind of thing. So definitely a huge development year for him, but off to an excellent start so yeah, far. Um, granted, sure. if it was against a team that's brand new to Division One hockey, but you know that's what you want to yeah. see. You want to see good players mm -hmm. do well against right. bad teams. Well, but they, they gave the Gophers a run for their money yeah. on that Saturday game. They mm -hmm. took a bunch of penalties at the end, which kind of capiched it, but... Um, Pretty good for a team just coming in. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Rieger Lorenz had one goal, one assist for Denver in their game against UNLV. I believe that's Nevada, Las Vegas. Yep. Um, they won 10 nothing. <laughs> so, you know, it's cool, it's cool to see him get his first uh, NCAA goal, but he ended up with five shots in goal and, and a plus three as well in that game. Good, good start to, uh, to his start, uh, career at Denver. And then uh, Nikita Nestorenko ended up getting an assist in Boston College's three to two loss. Can't remember what night that was. I, I think it was Friday night, but 
uh, yeah. Jack Pert had an assist in St. Cloud State sweep of St. Thomas this past weekend. I wasn't able to catch any of his games. Not sure how he looked, but cool to see him get in the points column. And then uh, we'll move on to the OHL. Hunter Haight has one goal, one assist in two games to start the season. Uh, his goal was pretty nice. Kind of entered the zone, cut across the top of the circles, and, and ripped one in. Nice little wrist shot. And then Servak Petro- Petrovsky picked up an assist in his two games this past week for Owen Sound. Uh, move, move on to the QMJHL. David Spotcheck started his season well. Two assists in his first two games played. Um, wasn't able to catch any of his games, but from the highlights, he looked uh, pretty good. So... Um, it's kind of neat seeing all these guys. A lot of them are like <clears throat> first first line, second line, first deep pairing. Uh, something you want to see out of our prospects. For sure. And then WHL, speaking of first line, uh, Caden Bankier, first line center for Kamloops. Um, they played in one game this year so far. Uh, he's been a beast. He's been playing on the top line. He's been getting penalty kill time. He's been getting power play time. He even got a game misconduct this past game, but not before he scored one goal, two assists. Big time Ryan Hartman energy yeah. right there, baby. <laughs> Big bad energy in that game. Oh yeah. Is uh do you know is um Stankovin still playing or is he with Dallas now? I didn't see him okay. in that game. I don't think he's still in Kamloops. So I'm sure he might they'll probably be leaning on him heavily then this year, which is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Which is it's cool to see. And then <clears throat> Kyle Masters was traded from Red Deer to Kamloops this offseason. He looked really good with Kamloops. Uh, ended up with a power play time, penalty kill time as well, first deep pairing. He ended up getting an assist <clears throat> on the power play and getting into a fight. So he kind of filled out every stat sheet that he fills out, every column. Uh, a couple more things. Josh Piller has been a force on the top line for Saskatoon. Um, he's been laying some big hits, getting some special teams time, has one goal in the two games played. His team's actually playing right now. So, um, check, I, I, I'm sure it'll be, this will be posted before the game finishes, uh, mm-hmm. not before the game finishes, but, uh, he's playing right now, regardless. <clears throat> um, I was able to watch his game last night and even though they lost three to one, he did look pretty good. He did set up a couple chances, had a couple chances. It's just. His team couldn't score last night. They lost 3-1. to one. Uh, And then Carson Lambos just got assigned to Winnipeg after his game in, against the St. Louis Blues last night. Uh, kind of cool to see him get a little bit of an extended look because of his play. But uh, now we'll see him dominate the WHL. Yeah, looked really good in preseason. Um, you know, against higher-level competition than he'll probably ever face in the WHL all year just looked you know the skating is unbelievable Mm -hmm. i mean it's there you can see why this guy was at one point a potential top 10 pick and you know fell due to the injuries and it seems like the wild you know again taking that gamble on the talent late in the round and it looks like it's Mm going to pay off again for him because he looked really good um and you know i wouldn't be surprised if you know he's talked about a lot this year as one of the premier players in whl because i think he's got a big year ahead of him on a good team uh, oh, I forgot one thing. Um, the Iowa Wild are playing their first preseason game tonight. Wallstead got start, had eight saves in the first period. I believe Hunter Jones is in now. Their actual season oper- opener is Friday, October 14th. And then uh, the Wild also cut their team down to 27 players. So that's uh, that's the rest of what I have. There you go. 
All right. Well, a media prospect update. It seems like as the show has gone on, there's been more and more players to talk about if they continue to add to this pool and um, should be an exciting year for development. I think, you know, this is kind of the year in my mind where we're really looking for some of these players we've been excited about. Now it's kind of, all right, let, let's see it now. You know, let's see mm-hmm. the AHL production. Let's see right. the, the CHL domination. You know, these types of things um, are going to be really important as we as we move in through the year. So, right. uh, and we're seeing, sorry to interrupt, but no, you're good. Yeah, like you're seeing, yeah, guys move on to the HL, and then you're seeing guys like Bank here, Masters move up in the lineups. Yep. So, yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's great to see for sure. Um, well, let's get in now. So the preseason, I believe, still one more, two more. Is it one more or two more games? Two more, I think. Two, two more two games, home. I think, yeah, at home. Mm-hmm. Um, left to go yet. So a couple probably final tweaks and things here and there um, for the team. But, you know, the things look mostly set um, at this point. Um, so I just kind of wanted to take your guy, you know, take a couple minutes here to kind of talk through what we've seen Um so far in the preseason, I mean, I think some some key takeaways and good friend of the show, Michael Russo, um, pointing this out, I believe it was either this morning or yesterday, just some um, highlights from training camp that I'll read off here once I find it. Um, there it is. Um, so Marco Rossi, great preseason so far, five assists in four preseason games. That's tied for second most in the NHL. Um, both Rossi and Tyson Jost. Both have six points, each through three games, also tied for second most. Marc-Andre Fleury has stopped every shot he's taken so far. The power play is clicking at a pretty solid 20.8%, which is 11th best in the league. And the penalty kill um, also doing very well, 91.3%, 7th best. They've managed to score a couple shorthanded goals with that. So um, obviously you don't want to overread into too much or anything. It's preseason. You have a lot of mix of guys, and you have guys that are going back to the CHL, guys that are playing the AHL, guys that are on pro and amateur tryouts. So you don't want to read too much into it. But, you know, what we talked about last week were these are some of the things that we were excited to see. How did these guys fit in? Do we see the personnel kind of clicking on the power play? Are we seeing some systematic changes on the penalty kill, more aggressiveness, as Dean Evison alluded to? And I think a lot of those boxes have been checked um, through these first couple of preseason games so far. Well, yeah, no, I think, I think, you know, the, the, the first one, obviously the big concern, like you mentioned, is the, the special teams. Um, and, and like, obviously like you've mentioned half the time, it's not even, there's only there's a couple of NHLers on there, but you know, as much you could still take away, like you said, that they have been, I mean, we talked about this, everyone's talked about this, that especially on the penalty kill and, and I guess even the power play is just, the need to play, you know, I guess maybe a little harder, more aggressive, like you said, that, you know, is really what struggled at times last year where they were just kind of passive and just trying to, you know, use the skill to make, the, you know, the effortless play, which, which obviously didn't work. And so far, you know, we've uh, seen a little bit. I know that right now it seems like they're planning to, at least the power play, to have, uh, you know, I think it was Boldy Zuccarello, Kaprizov, Eck, and then Addison on there. So we Yeah, have, I want to talk about that for a second because I think when – when yeah. those units came out, when it when they showed that Kalen Addison was starting on the first unit, yeah. that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is a unit that's either been quarterbacked by Ryan Suter or Jared Spurgeon going back to, God, I don't even know, probably before 2010, like yeah. probably before Suter got here. It's been one of those two. And for them to put the belief in Kalen Addison, it tells me two things. One – 
and I think we talked about this last week, if he earns and gets that spot, he is now the number five defenseman on this team, where if there are people rotating out, it's not going to be Kalen Addison. It's going to be Alex Goligoski, John Merrill, Andre Suster, probably rotating through that third pair, um, and not Kalen Addison. Again, considering that he holds that role on the top power play unit, but to me, if, if that power play works, he, he has earned himself a spot. And I think that is a huge development, probably one of the biggest out of the preseason in my mind. And it's kind of weird because we had thought that he was maybe on the way out, kind of on the outs last year with right. seemingly not being, you know, the call-up option, kind of despite, you know, whatever thing logically might suggest. So, like, like you said, that's a... And they're like, hey, there's this positive. thing that we're really bad at that we have this prospect who's really good at it. <laughs> Perhaps we should tap into that. Yeah, that's what Dean said. Rocket science. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great to see after he had such a great AHL year to come in and basically earn this spot. And, I mean, just reiterating, uh, we always know he is someone that had the potential to quarterback a power play. And uh, mm-hmm. I love seeing him get that opportunity, and I'd love to see him run away with it here. And, like you said, become that fifth defenseman on, on this team. Um, maybe uh, eventually even more, depending on what happens with some of these other players that are free agents coming up. But yeah. uh, for this season, at, at the very least, he'd be number five, like you said. Yeah, and if I'm Matt Dumba, that's making me start to sweat a little bit because um, yeah, I think but... that's the other big piece of this is the second unit, kind of a, a weird hodgepodge of players. I think it's like mm-hmm. Felino, Rossi, Hartman, Spurgeon, and... Is it four forwards or there's Brodeen on that Goudreau, one? I think. It was, on there, it, was it Freddie? Yeah, yeah. it's just kind of like a weird, like, hodgepodge of guys. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you got a guy like, you know, Hartman and Felino, who, t- despite what some might believe, are pretty good finishers in their own right. They tend mm-hmm. to score on a higher mm-hmm. percentage of their shots than the average player. And you've got a good distributor in Spurgeon. You have an unbelievable playmaker in Rossi. Like, and there's Freddie Goudreau, who just gives you a little bit of everything, right? You know, potentially mm-hmm. winning face-offs there or giving you options between two centers on that unit. So, um, obviously, we can see those changes as the season goes on. But, um, yeah, I mean, if I'm Matt Dumba, I mean, wasn't used much down the stretch last year. We wondered if that was maybe because of the injury um, and not being maybe fully back to, to rip those slappers anymore. But, um, I mean, if I'm Matt Dumba, I'm... <sighs> I got a lot to prove this year because whether it's an extension from Minnesota or someone else, he's got to do it at even strength. Um, so mm. yeah, something interesting. I, that, that was yeah. another takeaway when Addison got that, that top unit. Yeah. Well, and the fun thing too, about all this is we haven't seen Kaprizov a whole lot in this either. Cause nope. he hasn't played more than that one game really. But, yep. Um, I believe he is. I believe he is here. in the lineup Thursday. Okay. I think it looked like so, pretty much everyone except like Hartman and maybe like one or two others were yeah, playing. Gotcha. So I think on Saturday they said they're going to tap everybody. That's going to be yeah, which would make sense. So. Right. Yeah. Um. And I would say, I mean, the other big takeaway I had from preseason when we talked about two mm-hmm. weeks ago, we were pretty much operating under the assumption that it would be Boldy Rossi and somebody else. Um, but that seems to have changed a little bit, and it's been a hot topic on Twitter, and we'd be remiss if we didn't discuss the hot topic on Twitter um, on Sound the Foghorn, and that is that Marco Rossi is the fourth-line center to start the year. Um, I'm not really sure how I feel about it. I'm, I don't know if I'm necessarily upset about it because that trio with um, Dewar, Duhame, and Rossi has looked really good in the preseason. There seems to be some chemistry there. It's three very different playing styles in my mind, but 
it something just seems to have clicked so far. And on top of that, you know, I think Tyson Joseph's look good. You know, I think he's earned his. You know, we talked about him getting mm-hmm. that look on on the grief line um, while Greenway's out. And then, it, you know, Sam Steele has come in and had a really good yeah. camp as well. Um, and to me, it's like, obviously, would, we, would I like to see Rossi higher in the lineup? Absolutely, I would. Um, but, you know, there's some chemistry there with those other lines, and it's worked. So let's start start off with what's working. Um, the great thing about, you know, it being early in the season is you can try things to start, and if it doesn't work, you can change them down the road. Um but I think that's the other thing is just kind of the steel Rossi camps and kind of what I want to talk about and get your guys' thoughts on whether or not you're necessarily upset or indifferent about Rossi starting between Dewar and Duham on the fourth line. Well, I will say that, uh, you know, it, you know that nature is healing when uh, we're back to fighting about line combos on Twitter, <laughs> yeah. who's going to play an extra minute and a half uh, on the ice. But yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I don't think, you know, I know people were saying that, you know, last year they were pretty stubborn with the lines and never changed it. But I just think, you know, I mean, they haven't, you know, they haven't even played a regular season game yet. So, I mean, I don't know. Like you said, they've looked good. So, and obviously right now, you know, who, you know, I know some people's concern is, well, you know, for us, he's supposed to be more of an offensive guy. You know, why are you putting him with two guys who, you know, that's maybe not their forte, but, at, you know, at the same time, maybe that, you know, as we they I think when they kind of slow played him last year by keeping the AHL, maybe that's just what simply what they're doing right here is just putting him in a more safer spot where he's not, you know, expected to to score and just right. Uh, or maybe just say, hey, focus on your game. Let's learn to play that two hundred foot game. Still maintain your offense. We're going to give you the opportunity to be on the second power play unit, tap into that offense. We want you to probably carry the puck. You know, there was the the Russo article today about the Deweys about you know they've been having conversations with Connor Dewar like get your fucking stick on the ice because Ross is going to find it. Like, I think it's just little, like it could be these little development things too. Like, Hey, we're going to keep rounding out your game. And if you look like you're going to move up the lineup, then we'll make it work. Because obviously when Jordan Greenway comes back, they're going to have to do some line Mm -hmm. shuffling. Um, A good player is going to have to become a healthy scratch, which is a good problem to have. But I mean, it's, I think you could look across the league and I don't know if there's too many fourth lines are going to be able to go toe to toe with, with Rossi (laughs) Dewar and Duhane because that's, Mm -hmm three very good players that a lot of teams don't have and you know that kind of depth on their rosters right and i was gonna bring up i do feel like even though it's the preseason and they're not facing full nhl rosters doer doer and duheim have looked pretty good i mean duheim had that sweet goal in like that one game Mm -hmm. i forgot who they're playing um maybe it was chicago yeah i think it was chicago but anyways i'm not upset about this start i mean I know this is a little different, but it kind of reminds me of when everyone was bitching and complaining about the grief line being together, not getting broken up, and that becomes basically the best defensive line in the NHL, which that can also score. Um, this is a little bit different because I think Rossi is eventually going to move up, but I mean, I'm not upset. He's built some chemistry with them in the the preseason. They look good together, and like you said, there's not many teams that'll be able to match that skill that fired down the lineup. Um, and I think Part that plays of, to their advantage, yeah, right? They're right gonna, exactly. you know, you're not going to have to be a defensive line when you're going to probably be the line controlling yeah. play, especially at home when they can probably get some of those matchups, you know, maybe give that Caprice offline an extra breather, you know, I think it's going to be huge. Right. And I think he does move up eventually. And that's going to be part of one of my bold predictions that I'll bring up later in the show. But, um, I'm not upset with him starting there. I mean, get Perry started there and we all know what they became. So, yep. Yeah. I mean, 
And I mean, he will he will play on special teams too. So yeah, exactly. Right. Like, both. He's been he's getting a lot of penalty six. kill time, a lot of power play time, and it has looked good in both situations too. Yeah. So, you know, he's still probably going to get, you know, 12, 15 minutes a night, just maybe not in the traditional way that, you know, a player like that, you know, gets it. So um, the other thing, like just kind of a random observation, I don't know if you guys have saw seen noticed this at all, but like, if they do really like throw the lines in the blender at some point, like Ryan Hartman and Matt Boldy seem to have like some sneaky chemistry. <laughs> I, like, I feel like I've every time that. I've seen him on the ice, they've just seemed to have like this good connection and um, like they've made some nice plays and scored like, I think a couple of goals or they've both been on I mean, the that, ice together, but um, that, you know, yeah. maybe that situation down the line, the lines go through blender. Rossi proves it. Yellow Rossi with Kaprizov, Zuccarello. And all of a sudden you can assemble another line. Maybe it's a Hartman, a Boldy and, Steel or Goudreau or someone, you can get something that's a little bit different look. Um, but I don't know, just just one observation of it. It yeah. seems like they've they've had a couple shifts where the things just look like they click for them. I haven't seen that, but I can I can I can get it though because Baldy is such a good playmaker and Hartman can finish. We saw it last year, so I mean, why not give it a try later in the season? Possibly. I mean, um, I know I'm kind of <laughs> jumping around, but I have been impressed with Sam Steele this this preseason too he's looked really good like maybe that potential first rounder that the the ducks wanted him to turn into yeah. maybe he doesn't turn into that player but he looks like a player that's going to make a big impact or at yeah. least in the bottom six for us no yeah. there are no go ahead sir no you're good I no, saying, I was yeah. Just... <laughs> okay. yeah okay i was making sure but uh i think you know i, I think it's plan. I, mean, I think the only thing that i guess i didn't notice as much because a couple of these games um you know, I was watching his following on Twitter, but it seems to me that from what I've seen, then he does maybe have time struggling, you know, playing his own end and uh, being responsible there. I don't know how much of a big deal it is or if that was a part of the reason that Anaheim cut bait with him. So I guess that's, you know, I guess it's kind of interesting to, you know, to me then the fact that, I mean, obviously I think he has what, three, four points in the first mm -hmm. few preseason games mm -hmm. and has been, you know, has been scoring. So, and I mean, a handful but, of those I mean, come in the power play, I think too. Yeah, no, they have, and I think I mean, Bruce, so he's pointed out, I mean, you don't score 130 points in a year in any league, you know, even in juniors for nothing. So, right. uh, you know, again, that's, you know, that's another situation there that we could, like you mentioned, we could be uh, in two weeks, him and Rossi might be switched and if it doesn't go well. But uh, yep. yeah, it's it was a no risk kind of proposition. Yeah, basically. it's great to see it looking okay so far. Um, mm -hmm. And I think too, the other thing you got to, you know, the other thing I'm looking at, you know, you're coming from, you're coming into a brand new system. You're in these game situations with brand new line mates. It's going to take a little bit of time to kind of learn those systems, learn how you you know, develop that chemistry. Mm -hmm. So I think seeing some of those, you know, defensive zone warts and stuff, it's, it's not alarming to me yet. If that persists, you know, two, three, four weeks into the season, then it's a different story. Um, aside from that, any other big takeaways from you guys at all from the preseason? Um, I guess, you know, not much. I mean, I think it's kind of a repeat of what we said about him the few weeks, but I thought, um, you know, in, in both the games, but especially in the game we started, played the full game in Dallas, that Volstead looked, uh, mm -hmm. you know, as usual, very good. It, it was, you know, really calm, like like you usually expect. There was one save, I can't, it was maybe like eight minutes left in two all game, the third period. It was kind of, you know, it slapped from the point that got tipped and, and one of those kind of bouncers that are really difficult, but he's just, calmly moved blocker of a nudged away. It's just small things like that that you might not 
noticed flashy, but I think uh, you know in a, in a full game, even just a preseason game, he was uh, you know you know like he pretty much uh, you know just showed that the, the ice is an issue and just uh, and I thought it was really good in that game. Yeah, stylistically, Wallstead and Flurry could not be more opposite. <laughs> no, <yes. laughs> like like Jesper Wallstead looks like he's in like mid meditation, like yep, very smooth, <laughs> easy saves, and Flurry's like diving fifty feet across the crease and like star fishing and throwing these massive gloves, and Wallstead's just very calm. And, and like n- neither is the right way, right? It's you know whatever works for the goalie. I think it's just interesting mm-hmm. to watch stylistically how different those two. Um, yeah. can be but yeah I mean it's it's great to see Wallstead coming in and looking the part you know I we mentioned that I think when we did our prospect rankings like this guy could mm-hmm. easily be the number one we just want to see you know a little bit higher level competition and seeing all those things continue to translate and so far so yeah. good mm-hmm. yep and I have one thing that came in my head it's not necessarily take from the preseason but a thought that came in my head uh, kind of regarding Sam Steele I feel like this management group this coaching group um, has one helped change the environment to these players to where they feel so comfortable around each other, veterans, mm-hmm. uh, young guys together. Something we didn't see in the past, but also I feel like they have a good job. They do a good job of tapping potential. Like we saw so many guys have career years last year. Like you didn't know how this roster would be. And <laughs> we have a franchise best team. Um, yeah, Fiala is gone. That sucks. But I, I, I just, I can see them tapping into Sam Steele with kind of how they've done everyone else. Like Freddie Goudreau last year came in, never really having a spot like he did. And he comes in and, and plays pretty well and had a career year. So yeah, all about finding the right spots happen. for the right guys. So let's continue to move on. So I think we've hit on this a little bit already, mm-hmm. um, but I kind of want to talk about expectations for some of these guys, you know, for, you know, I think in particular kind of these, you know, the guys we don't know maybe where their spot solidified yet. Rossi, Jost, Boldy in year two, um, Steele. And then I think now knowing that Kellen Addison has potentially carved out a role, his expectation. So we maybe don't have to talk about all three. I think, you know, I think we just hit on Steele pretty mm-hmm. good there. But maybe just give some high-level thoughts on a couple or, or all of those guys. Um, just kind of what your expectations are, maybe what you want to see out of those guys this year. Um, for me with Baldy, I mean, the way he looked last year, the way he looked in preseason, uh, I can see him not doing a sophomore slump, but a sophomore, like, bump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just made that up. <laughs> um, I, I certainly feel like Fiala was a good player, but I feel like Fiala needed Baldy more than Baldy needed Fiala, and I think Baldy's going to elevate his game and kind of make up for what we lost in him. Um, as far as Addison, we kind of – Talked about him earning that role and, and becoming that fifth defenseman. Um, with Tyson Jost, that's the other guy I kind of want to talk about. Um, with the way his preseason has went, I think he's earned like top two line start mm-hmm. and see where it goes from there. And if he falls, he falls. But um, he never got that chance in Colorado. Maybe he gets it here and we tap into that potential too. So I'd like to see with the preseason he's had get a little bit of an elevated um Roll. Yeah, I'm curious to see what he can do in that grief line. I mean, I know he got kind of thrown into that last year, I think, at one point. But again, like you're, you know, you just come over from Colorado, you're in the middle of a playoff right. race, you're not getting a lot of practices. Now you've had a chance to get to know these guys. You've had a whole preseason practices and stuff to get used to and build that chemistry. We know he's got a good defensive game and we know there's, you know, 
Um, as we mentioned with Steele, like this is a guy that was very productive in college hockey and, and prior to that, like there's potential there for him to really carve out a niche. And, you know, we got some of the, some of this type of opportunity in Colorado didn't work. Um, but part of me wonders, I mean, Colorado likes to play a very fast paced transition game and now he's getting a chance to play on a top line. Who's not as much of a transition line, but a line that more likes to establish a forecheck. And to me, like just kind of thinking back to some of the plays from last year that jumped out at me that were Joe shifts. It seemed mm-hmm. to me a little bit more on the forecheck than off the rush. So I'm wondering if maybe that line style could potentially maybe, you know, help him too. And, um, yeah, I, I'm excited he's going to get that opportunity because it's something that we've been clamoring for is, hey, let's let's get this talented uh-huh. guy an opportunity. Let's let's see what he can do. Um, so I'm excited to see what he can do on that on that grief line. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's maybe not, uh, at least for me, as much expectations in terms of numbers, but uh, but I think, you know, just hopefully him, like, actually establishing kind of a consistent role on a team, which he obviously hasn't done. I mean, I guess you could say he was on the fourth line, maybe in Colorado, but, you know, even that point, it didn't seem, I don't know, it just seems that, you know, he's just kind of on the, you know, on the edges, you know, not really kind of middle things, and obviously he's going to get that chance here. So I think, um, like like we've mentioned, like everybody knows, he's been really good in the preseason. You know, don't necessarily expect him to score a ton of goals. Um I mean, we'll see that might change, but I, I, like I said, I just think if he can, uh, you know, establish himself as, you know, more than just a fourth line or extra forward and be, you know, you know, obviously guys come back from injury might hurt that, but I just think it would be good for him to, you know, just consistently show that he's more than just a guy who should be kind of fourth line. Um, yeah. So uh, I'd yeah. love to see him have like a Freddie Goudreau type season, like 40 points. Mm-hmm. very steady can be good at both ends of the ice you can kind of use them in all situations if you need to i think that would be the type of year that i would love to see out of jost and sure. whether mm-hmm. you know that lands him a contract next year here or somewhere else you know it seems like a good guy that a lot of people really like so um except for the trash ass fans who felt the need to <laughs> talk shit in his dms fuck all of you um, who did that <clears throat> um anyway <laughs> um so i think that's you know any any other thoughts on on you know those guys i guess um, Addison, I think, you know, outside of what we've talked about so far as I want, I really want to see him seize this opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think he's been put, he's been right now, he's been put in the situation to be a, a contributor on this team, make an impact. And I want to make sure that all my praise for getting him in the lineup is upheld and that he doesn't <laughs> just crash and burn and, um, you know, prove that, you know, just because he's small doesn't mean he can't be one of the most effective blue liners on this team. So, um, I really want him to seize this opportunity he's going to get to to be in the top six and to get time, um, especially on that top power play, and hopefully help it be a little bit more successful this year. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, moving right along, um, let's talk bold predictions. So um, right around this time last year, we did this show. Um, we each went through, made two bold predictions each on something you know we thought would happen this year, wild-related um, so I wanted to revisit those. Um, Justin, for the second straight year, believed in the wild power play, thought they'd be a top five unit. Uh, was a swing and a miss there. They ended up 18th last year um, on the power play. So a miss there, but it's pretty dang close on his second bold prediction, and that was that the wild would have two 40-goal, 80-point players. So we'll give you like half credit because they had yeah, two 80-point players. Yeah. One of which was a forty goal, and you did also predict that it'd be Fiala and Kaprizov. Both hit that mark. Also, Zuccarello, I believe, 
Did he hit 82? And I don't think he did. I think he hit 78, but what if hit 82 on pace for? So, like, half credit on that one because you were almost there. Like, you know, just Fiala had 30 30 goals and 50-some assists. I think 55 assists or something. Um, So you were close um, on that one. Uh, Zeke, um, your first prediction was Jared Spurgeon would score 15 goals and have 50 points. Um you were really closely there again. Um, he's, his, if he's healthy, maybe. Yeah, so his he was on pace if he had played all 82 games for 13 goals and 50 points. So really close had he played the whole year. Okay. Um, you know, I think he's, he started to find the net, I think, a little more toward the end of the year there too. So yes. definitely mm-hmm. would have been a possibility. And then I think the biggest miss of the three, uh, all of us, you, uh, Ouch. Nico Sturm, 20 goals. Um, between Still Minnesota awesome. and Colorado, he finished with nine. Um, mm. So the Sturm warnings were not in abundance yeah. last year, unfortunately. I cannot well, give you a hard time because I doubled down on a top five power play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, cool. I suppose that was a pretty ways off to you. Um, mm-hmm. And then my first bold prediction was the first one that was fully right. Um, it was kind of a three-parter. Um, my prediction was that Kapril Kaprizov becomes the second point-per-game player in Wild history. He did that. Um, I said he would do so by scoring 40 goals. He had 47. Um, and I also said he would finish top 10 in the league in goals. He finished top five. Um, so I got that one. Maybe it was a little bit of a safe play. Maybe it should have gone even higher. But um, So that one was so right. Good. And then uh, my second one, much like Zeke and Justin, uh, very close. I said Jewel Eriksson would score 30 goals. Mm. Um, if you add in his yes. missed games, his pace would have been 28. So, Damn. like, we're, we're pretty close. Yeah. Pretty close Real in a lot close. of those. Um, so we wanted to, to revisit that, challenge ourselves again. But I wanted to hold ourselves accountable because I don't think when we did it two years ago that we followed up on him um, no. other than the power play because we just keep <laughs> hammering yeah, that right. one and adjusting. We'll, <laughs> we'll see if he, if he triples down on it this year. We'll um, see. Or if he's learned. But um, glutton for punishment or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can start. Um, here I'm, I'm going back to the Kaprizov one um, and I think you know you look at the scoring drought he started off with last year um, I think that's gone and I think Kirill Kaprizov becomes the first 50 goal scorer in Minnesota Wild history and because this is the bold prediction show let's take it up another notch Kirill <laughs> Kaprizov is the Rocket Richard trophy winner for the most goals in the nhl this year wow there's nice. bold picture about 50 and the rocket yeah <laughs> there you go gotta be well, bold baby i'll go with my uh my first bold prediction then since it kind of coincides with yours um my first prediction is that kirill kaprizov becomes the first heart winner in minnesota wild history um i think if he gets that 50 goals gets us back to the playoffs just top five player in the NHL. Um, I think he'll get a heart trophy. Yeah. Finished yes. seventh, I believe last year mm-hmm. in the heart trophy voting and probably should have been a lot higher. Cause like every like season recap or like preview that you read is like, yeah, the wild are a playoff team or like can be really good because of Kirill Kaprizov. I was like, mm-hmm. so he's the most valuable player to his team, which is a definition of heart trophy. Yeah, okay. Exactly. You know, there's like, <laughs> like you could take any other player off this team and it wouldn't matter the way it mattered if you took Kaprizov off or like, you know, if, if Colorado were to lose McKinnon, they still have Makar, vice versa. If Edmonton were to lose McDavid, they still have Dreisaitl, you know, like, I don't think they vote on definition, but that's a conversation no. for another day. And speaking <laughs> of a lot of the trophies, Selkie, I mean, yeah, I guess. That's yeah. true. 
You and talk I mean, a you lot get, yeah. Norris. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you could get the vote there, uh, you know, this year, especially, you know, Fiala gone. He's basically the guy and they're on national TV 15 times. This I believe year, more so. of any, more than any team I think are yeah. tied for the most, at least in the U S market. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, that, that probably matters a lot, but at least in terms of, like you mentioned voting. So, yep. Okay, well, for me, I'm going to, you know, I take this, this could be a complete whiff like Nico Sturm last year, but uh, I, I'm going to say that uh, Ryan Hartman is going to improve on his 34 goal season last year and he will score 40 uh, this year. And trust me, Ooh, I was, uh, you guys did. I was going <laughs> to go with one of the pre sob ones uh, until you guys snatched those ones up. So I was like, okay. First come, first serve, baby. I'm just going to go, let's go a little more risky with this, uh, with this. And I mean, you know, the flaw, obviously think off career high shooting percentage, um, seemed to be kind of on a hot streak all the year, except for maybe a month, you know, who knows if that can replicate, but I know it's not the same level, but we've seen Marcus Foligno shoot at like 25% for two years in a row, despite always mm-hmm. scan when it's going to stop. And, you know, like we always say, if that power play even gets going, you know, they're up five, 10 spots into the top 12. You know, who knows? That's a few goals yeah, and here I, and there. And the but. way I see the second unit, he's probably the most likely to score goals on that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think he had just one last year, too. So I think yeah. if you see even, you know, if all of a sudden he finds the net a couple more times <clears throat> on the power play, there's, you know, maybe five to six extra goals. Um, and mm-hmm. then, too, I think we talked about this last week as well. Um, you know, when you play with arguably two of the best playmakers <laughs> in the game, your That's, shooting percentage is going to be higher because you're going to because they're going right. to find you in spots other players can't where you have tap-ins. I mean, I'd like to go back and look, but I would say he had to have at least eight to ten where he literally had like backdoor tap-ins last year yeah, because yeah. of passes no. from those right. two. So That's true. I think it's well, old, he, but like it's not impossible. And I like it because it's the anti-Ryan Hartman regression take. Like everyone's like, oh, yeah. Ryan Hartman's going to regress. And Zeke's like, nah, he's going to get better. Well, yeah. And you got to remember it. If he's on that power play too, he's going to be on that power play too with Marco Rossi. Yep. And he's a pretty good playmaker. So he'll have Kaprizov feeding him on line one and Marco Rossi feeding him on power play too. Exactly. Imagine <clears throat> scoring 40 goals for less than 2 million bucks. Uh, That's great like, value right there, baby. I'd like that. <laughs> and a big <laughs> paycheck coming his way in a couple oh, of yeah. years potentially. Yeah. Um, That's true. I like it, Zeke. I like the prediction. All right. My next one, kind of dipping my toes into Justin's water here a little bit. Um, not going top five, but it's because I'm doing a combined. Um, I haven't decided how to evaluate this yet. Maybe I'll average out both. But I believe the wild special teams will be the 10th best or will be top 10 in the league. So whether that's a combined percentage or like both finish in the top 10, I'll figure out how to evaluate that later. Or you guys can tweet at me and tell me how we count it. But (laughs) um, I think for this team to be as good as I think myself and others believe they can be, it's going to run heavily through the special teams. Um, It was a focus this off season. I liked what I've seen with the personnel changes so far with, you know, I think another year of Boldy adding Rossi adding Addison. I think that makes the power play better. I mean, we're seeing the aggressiveness pay off with shorthanded goals already. Like this is the stuff I wanted to see and I'm ready to buy in. So um, I think top 10 is bold because how dreadfully awful it was last year. Um, But I want to put my faith in it. And, you know, I think some potential jobs of assistant coaches and stuff um, could potentially hinge on some of that stuff this year as well. So, 
Yeah, I hope yeah, that's the case. <laughs> yeah, we're tripling down as a as a podcast on the on the power play here. <laughs> I know it's, it's special teams, happy. but still. <laughs> uh, I mean, we can't expect the world from these kids, but these kids seem like they're carved out for these roles. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's exciting, like you said, Addison, Rossi, Kaprizov, Boldy, Zuccarello. I mean, all these guys that can yeah. score. You'd think that these, at least the power play, would would uh you know be better than it was and i think it will be i think it's a good prediction and then i uh, like the penalty kill you see the deweys in the the preseason getting a lot of work in that and i think that uh they'll help solidify that i mean we're gonna have uh more aggressive penalty kill like you like it's been said so we'll have uh, a few lines of guys out there killing penalties but i think we have the right guys and guys that have had a year of experience have seen it and now can improve upon it and make it better sure all right, who's next? Yeah, uh, for me, uh, my second one, I'm going to say, I mean, we've talked about Kalanis and potentially being on the number one power play unit. I'm going to say that he will have 40-plus points uh, this season playing, uh, you know, assuming he stays in the lineup for the majority of it. I mean, we like we said, if he's – it seems right now that he's in line to quarterback the first unit. We know how great of a skater is, how well he – you know, he can shoot the puck, he, he can pass, you know, and obviously playing with those skilled guys in that top unit could help i mean i think the only thing i thought about was you know is he how much is he going to play other than that but i think if he shows really well you know like we kind of talked about earlier uh you know earlier in the season on the power play and whatnot i think it'll naturally just lead to more you know trust and more ice time in him and i think uh you know, like you said brett it, it were you know we really like you said you want to see him kind of take that opportunity and run with it and uh, i think you know there's a very good chance that uh, that he'll do it uh, this year hopefully yeah, uh, on top of being able to power play the first power play, I think uh, you don't want to bring it up. You know injuries are going to happen. Mm-hmm. You don't want them to happen. But if he bumps his play up to that fifth roll, he will bump up even further if there's an injury to a top four demon. And, like when and, Matt Dumba likely inevitably yeah. gets hurt because he has every right. year. Like no, it's no yes. shot at Dumba, it's just the reality. Like, no, he, I don't think he's yeah. – I think we talked about Like I don't think he's played more than like 60 games like since – I think since his major injury. Like he hasn't yeah. – he hasn't mm-hmm. been healthy. Um, and to put in perspective how bold this take might be, Jared Spurgeon led the Wild Blue Line in points last year with 40 um, across 65 games, so 17 less than 82-game season. Um, but that's the boldness that Zeke's going with with uh, the rookie and Kaelin Addison. Like, I think if he can do that, like maybe could put him in the Calder conversation. Okay. Maybe. It's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough class this year. I think the ice yeah. time at even strength might be a, a bump on it. No. But yes. all right, Justin, in the uh, sixth and final bold prediction of the podcast is yours. So my second is uh, Boldy and Rossi get paired eventually and help make up for Fiala's eighty-five points. I think Boldy goes twenty-five goals, sixty-five points, and I'm gonna put Rossi at fifty points. More than making up for, for what we lost. And if that's the case again, definitely probably in the Calder conversation. So, right. I, um, I just think that I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no, you're good. Chemistry we saw him have in Iowa. Um, they were so good down there, and NHL's a different beast. But I feel like eventually it'll be too good to pass up putting those two guys together, and I think they'll end up on a line and end up uh, paying dividends. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Uh, would love to hear some of your bold predictions. Feel free to toss them at us on Twitter at Sound the Foghorn, um, or tweet them at us individually. We'll share it in the group chat. We'll we'll make sure we all see it one way or the other. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, as as far as season preview goes, I think between our preseason preview, what we covered today, mm-hmm. all that's left really to do at this point is to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, should be a good test, you know, to start the year against a Rangers team that um, was within the conference final last year in the East. Yeah, yeah. Right, lost Tampa, yeah. Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the best goaltenders in the league. So it'll be, you know, probably the best, yeah. arguably, you know, reigning Vesna winner in goal. Um, you know, they're they got a, they got respecting big things. You know, the Wild, not to jinx it, thirteen zero and or fourteen zero and two against the Metro last year, um, including <laughs> a win on on home ice against the Rangers last year. So, um, they get the XL behind them. I will be there. I'll be cheering loud. Um, you know, a game like Winnipeg is probably tough to beat like last year, but you know, hoping for a good game. But, uh, you know, the great thing about, you know, usually day one is pretty much everyone's healthy. Wild case, no Greenway, no Merrill. I don't know what the Rangers are dealing with for injuries, but I mean, that's, it's eight days away, seven days prior to the time you're listening to this. So it's, it's right around the corner. Crazy. No, uh, you know, absolutely. Uh, eight days till you get to watch number 97 do his thing again, which good feeling. Best thing ever. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that said, I guess uh, any final thoughts uh, either way for you two here, you know, preseason, expectations, anything like that? Uh, no, just uh, it's an exciting time of year. I mean, wild hockey's coming back. Our college teams are back playing already. Um, most of the leagues are going, and uh, there's no better time of year than, than fall and hockey. Yeah, not, I mean, not much. I just think, you know, it kind of feels like almost annoying. Maybe I was feeling this too, that uh, this team is maybe being a little bit kind of underrated in the sense that a lot of people think with, you know, see Fiala automatically think, you know, they're not, it's going to be some market step back. I mean, it might be a market step back to the tune of maybe they have 100 points, but I, right. you know, like I, they I could just, lose seven more games and yeah. still finish with over 100 points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. I think, I think I made a bet with a buddy from high school. I think like an over under on like ninety two and a half, and I was like, mm-hmm. I'll, he's like, I'm taking oh, that. Yeah. I'll smash the over. I was yeah. like, like, not to speak into existence, but the only way that happens is if Kaprizov gets hurt and like early in the year and is out for the year. Like that's the only way it happens. And I refuse to speak that into existence, but that is literally the only way in my mind that they even have a shot of missing the playoffs. Yeah. Well, if that happens, we know who to blame now. So. <laughs> As that's long the, as see that that's the reverse jinx. So now that I said that it could happen, it won't oh. happen. Yeah, yeah, as long as long as they keep uh, Trent Frederick away from him, well, I think we'll be good there. So, well, this is kind of random, and I'm jumping jumping topics, but I, I'm excited <laughs> because we're gonna hit our hundredth episode this season. Yeah, probably yeah, right around true. Christmas time, I think potentially. Mm-hmm. I'd have to look into a little bit, but uh, you know, maybe we'll try to have some sort of guest or series of guests on for that and maybe just do kind of a fun show, you know, bring on mm-hmm. some of the people that have supported us along the way and different things like that. Maybe do some mailbag stuff, just make it a fun episode, maybe a bonus yeah. episode or something um, in the feed. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. Um, yeah. I think that's it. Let's mm-hmm. play hockey, baby. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, yeah. So like I, said, I, I, I don't know. Hockey. Excuse me. <laughs> Barring some sort of, major news between now and, and Thursday night next week. I don't think we'll we'll have a, sh- a show out Wednesday. I think we hit what we needed to today and then uh you know, we'll come back in 2 weeks and we'll uh we'll be recapping regular season games. Uh, yeah. back in the the normal swing of things. So, um 
I think I mentioned this last week. We will. Our plan is to be Wednesday night, Thursday morning show for I think the first month and a half of the season. And then there's, I think, a couple Wednesday games in November, which we'll work around those with either a Tuesday or a Thursday show, depending on our schedules. Um, but yeah, so that's what's coming from us. So uh, keep it here. We're back. So uh, it's fun times. Um, but as we always do, let's sign off. Justin, why don't you remind the listeners uh, where they can follow you and all of your work? You can find me at DE's2004. You can find me at CapriceFC with the CapriceF Countdown. And you can find me at M&W Prospects at M&W Young Guns. Make sure to follow that. We're revved up and the seasons are going, so lots of updates there. All right. Zeke? Yeah, no, as usual, you can uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Zeke Boyot, uh, capital Z and capital B. And like I said last time, since you know hockey's back, I'll be significantly more active on their credit the summer. So if you ever want to chit-chat about anything related to this or whatever not just say you can find me there perfect and as always you can find me on twitter at b underscore marsh 92 be sure you are following the podcast account as well both on twitter and instagram at sound the foghorn all one word player cards have been completely revamped mentioned this last week there is an explainer article as well as an advanced stat article to get you to understand how to read those, what the stats are on there, what they mean, all that good stuff. And in addition, I also plan to get out um, all 20 player cards after every game onto the Sound the Foghorn Instagram account, um, likely onto our stories section. So if you'd like to check out all the player cards after every game, be sure you are following over there at Sound the Foghorn on Instagram. I will still be posting four or five from my Twitter account as well but get some traction over there on the Instagram. One week away from Minnesota Wild Rangers, game one of the 2022-2023 season, and the following Wednesday, we will be back here recapping the Wild's first couple games of the season. So until then, this has been another episode of Sound the Fox.